people are very concerned about poverty, and perhaps particularly at the moment because uh, of the economic crisis and threat of poverty increasing. But there's a tendency to measure poverty simply in monetary terms, how many people fall below a monetary income line. And what this workshop really is exploring is whether this is a good way of measuring poverty, because you can be above a monetary poverty line and, let, and yet deeply deprived in other dimensions. You can even be malnourished, you can lack education. So the, this uh, workshop is exploring in a whole range of countries how these two types of approach to poverty differ. I think what interested me was some of the issues which were raised as a result of this. We found the, the most important finding is that indeed it's the case that uh, monetary poverty and other ways of approaching poverty don't capture the same people. And that really is a very, very important finding because it means that if you target people, for example, with programs, policies, which are based on the monetary poverty, you're missing out a whole lot of people. And so you're not really getting at the problem. And I think one of the very interesting findings was uh, in Uganda, where they've had uh, years and years of uh, economic policy reforms. And it's claimed to be a big success story because, in fact, the monetary poverty has been declining in a quite dramatic way. So it's often held up as a big success. But when you look at the multidimensional poverty, it doesn't look like it's been moving nearly as fast. It has improved, but not moving nearly as fast. And there's an awful lot of people who are still very poor, even though in monetary poverty terms they are thought not to be poor. Now, maybe that's to do with the fact that they've got a very low monetary poverty line. And I think one needs to emphasize that these comparisons depend very much on how you're defining poverty in each dimension. Because if you're defining poverty on the monetary poverty line, it depends where you put that line. You can put it in a generous way and you get a lot of poverty, or you can put it in a very sort of stingy way and you get little poverty. And the same is true on the multidimensional. What, what, how do you define multidimensional poverty? How much malnutrition, for example, do you have to have before you're poor? And you can make a big difference to the measure according to that decision. I think there's a huge relevance to policymaking. Probably still needs drawing out a little bit more than it has been drawn out. Um, if you're told that there's a lot of monetary poverty around, um, the reaction would be, well, what we need is more market opportunities, more income, and so on. And, uh, of course, that is necessary. But if you find that you have this multidimensional poverty, then you may focus on different policies. And you need to go beyond saying there's a lot of multidimensional poverty to saying in which dimension is the poverty. Because uh, your multidimensional poverty might be triggered by a lack of housing, for example, or very poor quality housing, or it might be that people are not going to school. And clearly the policy implications will be very different. So the first step is to find that there is a lot of multidimensional poverty, but then the next step is to identify where the multidimensional poverty really is to be found, which is the dimension which is really leading that. And then from then you find out which it is, and then you realize your weakness in particular policy. Um, an additional factor is to find the spatial um, distribution of this poverty, and not only the spatial, but also the ethnic or group distribution. Because if you find one particular group is suffering from any sort of poverty, much more than other groups, then you know to target uh, goods and services and to target income generating schemes on that group.
and equally with geography. And then one of the interesting findings is the big geographical differences and also the big differences among ethnic groups. Uh, for example, the Vietnamese study showed that um, uh, certain ethnic groups, minority ethnic groups, have been doing less well in terms of both types of poverty and are poorer. And so, in fact, the gap is widening between them and the rest of society. And in, in Uganda, you found that the Western region was doing much less well than the rest. So it's a very important finding. There's just difference among groups as well as the absolute levels. Well, I think the policy dimension is a very important one. But to do this, many of these studies are just analysing one point in time. And I think what's necessary is to analyse progress over time. Because once you look at changes over time, you can answer all sorts of very interesting questions. And one is the policy impact, because you can't really tell uh, what is the impact of a policy just looking at one point in time. But if you have a policy and then you have a change over time, then you're beginning to see what the impact of policy is. Um, another is to differentiate between what are known as chronic poor and transient poor. Chronic poor being people who are poor over decades or at least over years. And it's clearly worse to be poor all the time than to be poor sometimes and then to get better off and then to get less well off. And uh, through this, if you had the data over time, then you'd be able to look at the difference between chronic and poor and transient poor. I do think that this is really important work that needs to be taken further.